In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. This is the fourth Sunday of Lent, which means we are very close now to Passion Week. It's very important in the Lenten season for us to approach the Passion. And finally, uh, Good Friday, where our Lord dies for us, uh, ready to accept that gift and to acknowledge our need for that gift. If we get to Good Friday and we don't acknowledge our desperate need for a Savior, then the feast will be lost on us. But if we've been preparing our hearts and minds by self-examination and repentance, our need for a Savior will be great. And we will be able to approach the cross on Good Friday, desirous of His sacrifice for us, and be able to rejoice in that great gift of love that He gives us. And so we've talked about the giving of the law and the the requirements that the Lord has for our lives, the way that he teaches us uh, to live in ways that are good for our relationship with God and for one another. And we see the distance that we stand from that law, the distance that is between us and the plan that the Lord has for us. We saw that last week in the giving of the law in Exodus. And now we have a summary, the end of the story of the people entering into the promised land here in Second Chronicles. The chronicler reviews for us quickly what's happened now that the people of God have entered the promised land, that they've established this covenant life, that they've built the temple, uh, that they've lived with this knowledge of the Lord, and how it is that they've responded. Their response is that they've fallen away. From the Lord, we see uh, here at the very beginning of this lesson that the faithful, the people have been unfaithful, unfaithful. Now, faith is a very complicated concept. Here's what faith is: the Lord tells us what to do, and we do it. See how complicated that is. The Lord tells us what to do, and we do it. That's how Abraham is the father of faith. The Lord told him what to do, and he did it. So we see that the people were told what to do, and they didn't do it. They turned somewhere else. They turned to idols. And idols are basically anywhere we turn for what we need other than the Lord. So we can look at pagan images, or we can look at television, or we can look at governments, or we can look at demons. Any of those places where people might turn uh, for what they need other than from the Lord. What is it we need? First of all, we need safety. We need to feel that we are safe. Where are we going to turn for a sense of security? We have to be acknowledged. We have a need to be acknowledged by others. We have to be noticed. And we have to feel that that we're being understood and acknowledged. We go lots of different places for that basic desire other than the Lord. And finally, we have to have a need for freedom. We need to feel that we have some choice in our lives, that we can exercise some kind of a choice in the way that we live. And of course, that ultimate freedom is found in Christ. He's the one that teaches us the right ways for us to live, the right choices for us to make so that we can fully uh, live our lives with beauty and fullness. And instead of turning to him, of course, for all of these things, the people of God turned uh, to many different places. And there was a consequence for that, just as if there's a consequence if I start uh, living my life in a way that uh, takes away from the security of my family, right? And we uh, lose that security and we lose that ability to provide for ourselves. There's consequences to that. And so there's consequences for the nation of Israel. 
And we see the consequences in the Lord uh, lifting his hand of protection and allowing the Babylonians to come in and to discipline them. And we see that the land lies fallow for a Sabbath, uh, right? So this is a a full Sabbath. This is a 70-year sabbatical that the nation takes in the promised land. And we read then that the Lord allows them to come back. He takes that hand of providence and again uh, leads them back and restores them again with that promise uh, to do the will of God, with that direction for them to lead the way. Uh, The people of Israel throughout this time are looking to political leaders to secure their freedoms, to secure uh, their means. And so uh, they don't see the will of God as their king. They do not see God as their provider. They're continually looking for uh, political solutions to their problems. They do this with Babylon. They do this again with the Greeks. They do it with the Romans. At the time of Jesus, we see uh, them looking to Jesus to become a new kind of a political ruler. They're looking for a political solution to a problem that only God can solve. And so this is the message that Jesus is bringing to them as he uh, takes them into the wilderness. He's reminding them of this relationship that they're supposed to have with God as their only provider after he's taken them out of uh, the land of Egypt, after he's taken them out of slavery. That's why he's reminded them of Moses. When we see the beginning of the gospel this morning in John chapter 6. It says, after this, Jesus went away. After this is after Jesus reminded them about Moses. He says, if they didn't believe Moses, they won't believe me. What is it that Moses told them? Moses told them to turn to God for all that they need and to live their lives according to his will. And he says, the, uh, Moses told them about me. They told He told them about the coming of the Messiah. He prepared them for my coming. If they don't believe Moses, they're not going to believe me. And indeed, we see this, even though they're provided for in the wilderness, they're constantly complaining to the Lord, why don't we have more? Why don't we have it differently? Rather than being satisfied in the provision of God. So Jesus takes them out into the wilderness and we read that it's the Passover feast. And we see in John's gospel, three Passover feasts. We see him coming again and again to the Passover. Unlike the other gospels that just have this one Passover feast at the end, John is continually circling around this idea that Jesus is the Passover lamb. He is the one that has been sacrificed for us. And he's the one that provides for us in the wilderness of this world. And so when they find themselves out in this wilderness, uh, they find themselves coming for miracles, right? They're not coming for the teaching. They're not coming for a desire to do good works. They're not coming for a desire for righteousness. They want to see these miracles. And they come out and the Lord says, I'm going to feed you in this wilderness. And they look around saying, where is it that we're going to get these good things when God himself is standing right in their midst? This is creator God. This is the God who's made heaven and earth. And he's standing right there in their midst amongst them and they're saying where will we get provender where will we get our nourishment and he's saying i am your nourishment i am your food i am your water and so he provides for them miraculously in this feeding of the five thousand he gives them all that they need and an abundance he gives them more than what they need and this is the lord's promise to us but again they miss the miracle and they want him to be a politician they want him to be a king Uh, Can you imagine to bring him down from those heights uh, to become a king? And so he goes away. 
St. Paul teaches us how it is then that we're supposed to live in this life of faith. How is it that we're supposed to acknowledge the will of God now that we've received the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, now that we've been baptized and we've received the Holy Spirit, he's teaching us then how is it that we're supposed to live. And we acknowledge that all the good that we get from God, everything that we have from him is because of his compassion and his love. That has to be where we start. We have to acknowledge that everything the Lord has given us is because of his compassion for us and his love for us. So that's where it starts. We acknowledge God's love for us. And then what do we do? We, we give that love back to him. He gives it to us with grace and with mercy. What are grace and mercy? Grace is the good things, the, the power that the Lord gives us that we don't deserve. There's no way that we could deserve the power of God. But it's by grace that he gives it to us. And mercy is to not receive the things that we do deserve, right? Mercy requires then that we confess our sins. Nobody gets mercy without first confessing. This is what we're doing in Lent. To receive God's mercy, we first have to confess our sins. Nobody gets mercy from a judge in a court who goes in and says, I didn't do it and I want mercy. It doesn't work that way. We get mercy when we first acknowledge that we have fallen short of uh, the, the life that the Lord has for us. And in all of this, we read that uh, through this grace and mercy, the Lord gives us faith. And again, what is faith? Faith is that we hear the word of God, we hear his message for our lives, and we're obedient and following it. We're obedient and following it. And St. Paul makes it clear that when we're obedient in faith, this is not a good work that we're doing to somehow earn salvation. This is a gift that we've been given. And we're given this gift in order to do good works. Sometimes people like to, to play with that a little bit and say, oh, we can't earn salvation, so forget good works. No, don't forget good works. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The whole reason that the Lord sacrificed himself for us is so that we could do these good works that God has given us to do. Right? He, he expects us to bear this good fruit in our lives. And so good works are necessary, but nothing that we can brag on. Nothing that we can be boastful of, nothing that we can be proud of, because we get all of this because of God's love and compassion for us. So from his love, he gives us the strength, he gives us the patience, he gives us the diligence, the understanding, the wisdom to do these good things, to love God and to love our neighbor, to fulfill the law in love. And of course, that's the only way to fulfill the law. If you think about all of the laws that we have for driving on the roads, right? Uh, we have lane lines and we have speed limits and all those things. That's to keep silly people from me, like going over the middle of the road, right? I wouldn't know where to be with my car if I didn't have these basic uh, lanes. But we know that, that these laws don't make us safe. We know that they don't keep us from uh, doing what we're not supposed to do. They can't. They can't do that. Only God can change our hearts and can instill in us a desire to do what's right, a desire to drive safely, not only for me and for my family, but for all of my neighbors on the road. That desire to do what's right, that desire to drive safely, to, to provide safety for all those around me is only a change that can happen in the heart through the grace of God. No law can provide it. 
And so we seek the Holy Spirit in all ways to change our hearts, to to give us a desire, a hunger, and a thirst to live our lives according to the righteousness of God. Jesus keeps going away in the Gospels. They try to make him a king, he goes away. They try to kill him, he goes away. The crowds go around him, and he goes away. He's constantly going aside He's constantly turning aside for the Lord. And that is an example for us. We too need to constantly be going aside to hear the word of God, to be listening for his voice, to be practicing the listening of the voice of God so that we can know his will and so that we can receive his love and his grace. But he never goes away. Now that he is resurrected and he has given us his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit never leaves us. He never leaves us alone. He never goes away from us. He is constantly there with us, providing us all of the grace, all of the love, all of the mercy that we need so that we are filled with his power and his glory and we are able to do the good works that he has given us to do, the beautiful life that the Lord has given us to live, that only we can live through his beauty and power. May we turn to him evermore. Turn to him for his love. Turn to him for his grace. Turn to him for his power that we, we, that we may do works of mercy and love this day and forevermore.